0: This is a podcast on a fortnightly basis where we get together and just talk about random things, see what sticks, and maybe find out what our podcast is about. As always, my name is Keith Ramsey, and I am joined with Peter Akerley.
1: Hello! And
0: Matthew Grace. Hi! So, how's it been for you guys?
1: Going pretty well. Somehow it's February now, and I don't fully hey, understand hey, how hey, time it's happens. It's January now. Sorry, it's January. I don't understand how time works anymore, but it's January now, so that's fun.
0: Uh, so those of you joining us for the first ever Fanuary, uh this was a way for us to try to not get backlog on fan suggestions, and we're going to tackle them for all the episodes that come up this month.
1: Yeah, we figured February is supposed to be a month of showing love for the people you care about, and the people we really care about is our fans, so we're going to catch up on some backlog by showing some love for our fans and doing all episodes about our fan suggestions. All I know is it's definitely not for the money. It definitely has nothing to do with money. There's money in this? No, Matthew, we're doing this for joy and friendship. It makes (laughs) no sense. Somehow.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm just going to start with the news because I'm assuming you neither have any information to share with me. Uh, Nope. No. I'm once again dead to the world. Uh, So this is a more recent thing that actually just came out today. Uh, But apparently there's been a leak that there's a GoldenEye remake in the work for PC and Xbox.
1: Ooh,
0: that's interesting. And we've had some images actually released from the look of it. That's very exciting. This could prove to be be false, though. Uh, Again, it just came out today, so I haven't done too much looking into it, but it was something interesting.
1: It's fair. I will say that I have heard that they have... We have gotten a bit of... Forecasting feels weird. Uh, We've got a bit of news with regards to casting for WandaVision for some upcoming episodes in that we know that Evan Peters has been cast. For those of you who don't recognize the name, he is the one who played Quicksilver in the X-Men Days of Future Past and those films. Um, so there's a couple different theories out there. One is he's just going to play Quicksilver again, except this is going to be how they bring in the mutants from the X-Men universe is Wanda tries to bring back Quicksilver, but brings a different Quicksilver into her universe. Which brings
0: up a few possibilities. Does that imply that every X-Men movie we've seen up to this point has just been Wanda's fever dream? <laughs>
1: I, maybe. That explains all the incoherencies. (laughs) It also could, uh, be how they plan on introducing, because we've already talked before in our kind of theories about Marvel Phase 4, that, or Phase, whatever, uh, that WandaVision and Multiverse of Madness are somehow linked. So, her trying to bring Quicksilver and accidentally bringing a Quicksilver from a different dimension in could be what causes the Multiverse to start becoming any more accepted thing. So that could be what's going on here. Uh some people like to suggest he's actually gonna play Speed, which is uh Wanda and visions one of her twin sons. No, it actually I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that, honestly. <laughs> nope. Uh and then a third uh theory I've heard is that he's gonna play Mephisto, uh given that he has some direct ties to the host of M story, which is what this story plotline seems to be following anyway. So kind of a side thing, this is more of just Theory crafting based
0: on it but if the idea is that this Quicksilver is she tries to bring back Quicksilver and pulls Quicksilver from another dimension instead of her brother does that imply that the vision of this one could possibly just be a, some random vision she's kidnapped from another dimension and is brainwashing to think that he loves her it is entirely possible that's what's going on WandaVision has gone into the villainous side of things a few times in the past in the comics so it could work out yeah uh actually some other interesting WandaVision information Uh, Not really a big spoiler, but something that was revealed with the recent episodes. Apparently, this WandaVision uh, series takes place, like, a week or so after the end of Endgame. Ooh! Interesting. And uh, Paul Bettany actually kind of uh, released that. he was Since he wasn't in Endgame, they were looking at a way to possibly put him into Endgame so they could have all their major characters in that final movie, dead or alive, regardless. And what they were going to do was they were actually going to have another end credit scene instead of the hammer with Tony Stark. It was going to be a scene... Or Wanda was going to enter a facility, into a room, and Vision's corpse would be there, and that was going to be what was cut. So the idea is that what ends up happening is she has that funeral moment with uh, Hawkeye, yeah, and then immediately fucks off to wherever Vision's body is and starts the events of WandaVision.
1: Like, yeah, given the timeline, she must have just immediately gone straight from Tony's funeral to. She's like, she's like "Oh, I can feel him. I'll be back." Yeah. <laughs>
0: And on top of that, this also means that the Spider-Man Far From Home uh, movie we got takes place a couple of months after Endgame, which means this is... It's
1: actually after WandaVision. Yep. Which means that, at the very least, if we are correct about it having overarching repercussions on the universe as a whole, they're not immediately obvious to the inhabitants of the uh, Earth in the MCU. Yeah. So not really
0: a big spoiler to like the events of what's going on, but an interesting thing to consider since Spider-Man's already out and the cut scene that would have had Vision at the end of Endgame.
1: Yeah, interesting.
0: Food for thought. Yeah. And then uh, I guess we're saving the best for last here, but uh, it's been a wild couple of days there with the GameStop stuff. Oh, stock. God. Oh, yes.
1: I, I don't think we need to explain it. I'm sure there's 101 explanations of what's going on. Oh, most of, oh, we'll, the vast
2: majority of which would be able to do a better job than us. Yes.
1: Basic idea, a bunch of Redditors decided to take a stand against fucking the hedge fund managers. If you want to know anything about this, just watch the movie The Big Short. That yeah. should explain everything for you. It's The Big Short, except the Redditors found out it was happening instead of fucking... The characters in the big short. And Redditors just decided to go re-real hard against the... A re-that will be heard for
0: generations. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, if you're watching this at any point, it's definitely too late to jump in on this. Yeah.
1: It, if you heard about the news breaking as it was breaking, it was already too yeah. late to get in on it.
2: Before it started, stocks were like 3 4 dollars a piece. Um, and yeah, that was... Then when I heard about
1: the story... Stocks for
2: three hundred and fifty dollars a piece. Yeah.
1: Before it happened, also was back in like mid twenty twenty. In the beginning of twenty twenty one. They were already up to forty dollars. Could have potentially gotten in on it there and made some good money, but no, it's way too late at this point. When I found it, it already hit the holy number of four twenty sixty
0: nine. I knew it was too late.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sure a whole bunch of people had it set to automatically sell their stocks the moment it got to four twenty sixty nine. You know it. So,
0: I guess we've talked about current news uh, enough there. Let's get right into the topic. So, as I mentioned, we are in January now, and uh, our cryptic hint at the end of the last episode was, get ready when we go full weeb. So, this was a suggestion brought to us by Thomas Sheehan. Uh, it was one of our earlier suggestions, actually, that we didn't manage to get to, I believe. Uh,
1: yeah, it uh, gave me one second to pull up the specific email, and I can tell you exactly how long we've been putting off talking about anime for this. Uh, sorry, about weeb shit for this man. Surprise, it's actually specifically anime. Yeah, specifically anime. Uh, This email came to us as of April 27th, 2020. So we've put this off for about 10 months at this point. we got a lot of things to talk about, and it's sometimes not
0: easy to get back to the fan suggestion that we missed, but that's, again, why we're doing Fanuary. Help us get caught up. So, (laughs) it's a very vague topic. Well, we've done vague topics before. So I thought what could be an interesting way to do this is just, let's go through the history of anime as a concept.
1: Yeah, I think we're probably going to end up talking in depth about certain different uh, genres of anime, but good place to start off is talking about the history of anime, yes. where it's been, where and it's going. It all
0: started with that. So Raven. Uh,
2: um, no? No? <laughs> Cory in the house? No, I'm pretty sure it didn't.
1: The Saved Show. by the bell.
0: Oh, cool. Saved by the bell, that's a good one.
1: If ever there was a live-action anime, it was Saved by the Bell, and neither of the live-action movies that you're thinking of right now.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, you're right. How could I forget? Dragon Ball Evolution. We don't talk about that here. Yet. I'm sure we'll end up talking about it <laughs> at some point. So, I, I end up going through the timeline of anime and kind of getting a picture of how it goes. So really, the the concrete start timeline that most people agree on is 1917. For the history of anime yeah it's yeah. the
1: first widely accepted release of an animated film in japan uh it was uh frig what's it called again i had it written down somewhere uh bumpy new picture book failure of a great plan yeah came out in february 1917 Uh, widely believed to be the first widely released animated film in Japan. And
0: that is correct. It was the first release, but actually as of 2005, there was something that was found that actually goes back even further to 1907, which is Katsudo uh, Shashin, or uh, Activity Photo, which is just a short of a Boy in a Sailor Suit. Uh, So uh, it's akin to Steamboat Willie, essentially. Uh,
1: To be fair, we... It was found in 2005. It has yet to be confirmed that it did, in fact, come out in 1907. If it is true that it came out in 1907, then yes, it does predate everything else. Yeah,
0: but again, it it wasn't released, if that is the case. It was just, it was found, and it's believed to be from that time frame. So it would make it the oldest, but not the first release. Also relatively short, because it was only 50 frames.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it was buddy writing names, uh, if I remember correctly, or something like that.
0: Yeah, Well, Steve it was just him driving a boat. (laughs) Yep. Uh, so, really, the, the main bulk of everything that kind of starts with the anime trend as it is today now kind of starts in that 1970 range. The first big bulk of it was in
1: the 1920s to the 1940s. There was a lot of war propaganda stuff it was kind of doing. It's one of those classic things where modern stuff, you don't think of the fact that it largely came from the world wars. And then once the wars were over and we had all this technology we developed... We just kind of repurposed it to work for the everyday life. Like Volkswagens. You forget that those were Nazi cars, and then were repurposed into just everyday driving cars after the World War. But the VW Bug is so friendly and hippie-like. And definitely not a Nazi car. Friendly? Have you ever played
0: Punch Buggy? (laughs) I mean, that's not the car. (laughs) The lovely game where whenever you see one, you punch your closest friend. I mean, let's be fair. Any game involving a car involves punching somebody else, regardless.
1: Yeah, I was like... yeah. I cannot think of a single game played inside a car that does not involve punching the nearest person to you. But that's probably mostly because a lot of these games were developed by siblings sitting in the backseat of cars during punch buggy,
0: PT Cruiser,
1: Arm Bruiser,
0: Padiddle. There were
2: yeah. a few of those family road trips where I just literally fell out of the car because I could not stand.
0: <laughs> he, made a, he made a run for it, didn't get far. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in this period, we get two major things kind of that attribute to how anime ended up growing. So that we get the opening of Kitagawa, or Kitagama Studio. Yeah. as well as the fathers of anime. So this is Shimokawa, Kochi, and Kitagawa. Yep. And these are kind of like the four big names that uh, attribute to what anime is growing into in later years. Uh, of course, Kitagawa Studio didn't get that popular because they also had to compete with another big studio of the time, Disney. And if you have to guess who won in that tournament, it's the one that you've heard of.
1: Yeah. yeah. See, the thing is, uh, the big issue was in Japan any foreign film foreign animated films that made it over to japan had already made back all the money in production so they could be sold relatively cheap so in order to compete with that all of the uh, japanese studios had to make their films really cheap to be able to release them for the same price as these fucking disney films that were making it over yeah because they just had to redub them in some capacity yeah so you ended up having large (laughs) problems of them trying to use cheaper techniques to make the same quality product and some studios actually managed to innovate pretty well during those times, but it was a lot of lower quality films just because of the fact that they didn't have the same kind of financial backing that Disney did. And to be fair,
0: even though the, the studio format that they had where they were trying to produce anime ended up failing in Japan at this time, what kind of stapled of the aesthetic of anime was kind of really established and what was expected. Yeah. So it did make itself a very distinct view, and that's why we have such a difference between the idea of what a Western cartoon is to a uh, cartoon made in Japan, which is dubbed anime.
1: Right. Yeah. To the point where you end up even having certain shows that are made in Western uh, communities that still most people try and dub as anime because they take such heavy influence from the art style yeah. of anime. Yeah. Some like, examples of
0: that would be Avatar The Last Airbender yeah. as well as Ruby, uh, The yeah.
1: Teeth. Both of those are ones that oftentimes people will try and refer to as anime, even though they technically aren't anime because they're not from Japan. Although
2: in the case of Ruby, it is airing in Japan and getting its own manga serialization now.
0: Yeah. To be fair, Transformers, uh, which was just a toy line to begin with, did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. G.I. Joe also. Yeah. So things do end up going into the market and kind of getting remade in that sense. I know there's a Spock manga, so do with that as you will. Uh, okay. In fact, I believe the cast of Star Trek even show up in the comic for uh, Battleship Emoto. Yeah, I believe that is accurate. Uh, so... Up until the end of the 40s, it's kind of the same deal of... It. It's mainly war propaganda stuff. There's not really any big show-its, but really the art style and the form is kind of getting refined. Yep. The first kind of, like, focus on the entertainment side of things that we end up getting after this period uh, is in the 40s and 50s, where we get the studio releases from Toei and Mushi. Yeah.
1: Toei Animation and Mushi Production.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, now, I personally haven't really heard of Mushi too much in the past. I don't think they released things over here. They might have gone under at some point. But everyone who is in anime knows Toei. Yeah. Now, uh, I couldn't find too much for the big release at this time, aside from the fact that they were releasing things and they were able to keep the market and the business going. Uh, But the big one that came up was Tale of the White Serpent.
1: Yeah. Uh, To be fair, this is kind of during that early adaptation phase where it stopped being war propaganda, but had yet to reach kind of its peak in form of being released in, like animated shows for people to watch so it was still kind of in those early years where they hadn't quite hit their stride it isn't quite until probably the 1960s that you started to get a lot more of those entertainment shows that you start to think of like exactly astro
0: boy astro boy uh we got uh sally the witch yep princess knight which is believed to be one of the first shoujos a lot got released at this time so they can't say for sure it was but it's widely accepted as being the first shoujo anime speed racer and of course The Lion King. I mean, Kimbo
1: the White Lion. Kimbo the White Lion, yes. Um, So, The Witch, uh, being uh, famous for being the first magical girl anime, (laughs) a trend that has yet to fucking stop uh, since then. Uh, Yeah, uh,
0: Afterboy was really the big thing that popped it off and made it really popular. Serialized story about a little robot boy and his, uh, I guess, uh, mechanic father, scientist dude. And, Uh, And Speed Racer and Afterboy were actually, like, well regarded to the fact that they actually got some sort of notoriety overseas as well. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. just a Japan-only thing.
1: Yeah, they are kind of what caused North Americans and other kind of more Western cultures to become aware of the existence of this anime art form. As we talked about, Disney did a lot of exporting towards Japanese markets. Speed Racer and Astro Boy were the first kind of ones that kind of had the opposite effect where they were exported from Japan. Everybody
0: was it's like, fuck you, Disney, like, we can do it too.
2: Astro Boy is the American name
0: that we gave it.
2: Yeah. Originally in Japan, it was called Mighty Adam.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Um, I have
1: used the English name for most of these. (laughs) Yes. I'm not going to fuck around the Japanese names, which is not something I'm going to be doing today. Yeah, but uh, those are
0: kind of like the five big ones that come out for the 60s. The 60s was definitely the popularity growing. And this is where more money started to come in. Uh, And then, really, uh, where the, the... quote unquote anime boom started was kind of in the 70s.
1: Yeah, that's where we started to get a lot more, for lack of a better term, like space opera anime. We Well not quite from... yet,
0: space operas didn't start in the 70s, but we got the groundwork for it. So yeah. mm-hmm. in the 1970s, we got two major studios opening. We got Madhouse and Sunrise, which are still around today, and they handle a lot of the localization stuff as well when it comes over. Sunrise you might recognize because Sunrise is the backing force between the Gundam series, yeah. which came mm-hmm. out in the 1970s. So the beginning of, really, the mecha craze started in the 70s. We got things like Battleship Yamato, uh, Man, Mobile Suit Gundam, Science Ninja Team. Yep. Never heard of it, but I am interested to find out what Science Ninja Team is. I'm sold uh, on the title already. Yep, it's definitely fucking
1: fantastic without knowing anything else about it.
0: At this time, we also, uh, this is around the time that Miyazaki would have started working, who yep. would later go on to found Studio Ghibli
1: yeah we Uh, start to see a lot more of his films in the 1980s uh and uh, another notable one that
0: comes out in the 70s as well is lupin the third yeah this is where we start seeing the anime adaptions of his story
1: yeah uh yeah it the 1970s uh, we've kind of mentioned it growing or anime growing in size through each of these decades but the 1970s was a very big grow and it's Oftentimes considered almost like the Silver Age of anime, where it is what kind of brought anime to a much more cultural accepted uh, area. Yeah, the
0: '80s, uh, which we'll be getting into next, is definitely where like it became a worldwide thing. It was still kind of like you know gently kind of peeking out every so often. You have to you know find someone that knew somebody to get your hands on something. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Gundam was definitely one of those ones. I think out of all the anime that have kind of come out up to this point. Gundam tends to be the one that kind of defied not just, you know, the cultural boundaries of, like, where it was released in the story, but also kind of, like, released itself from the concept of what is anime as well. Yeah,
2: Yeah. it kind of broadened the horizons of what anime encompasses.
0: Yeah, and on top of that, it also... It's kind of the same way that if someone was talking about Star Trek, they would say, oh, it's just a sci-fi series. No, it's kind of just Star Trek. Gundam has gotten to the point where it's not an anime.
1: It's just Gundam. Yeah. Uh so yeah and now we start getting into the 1980s uh fun part about the 1980s this as we said this was definitely the golden age of anime this is when it started to explode worldwide there's also when the term otaku became a thing which is essentially the japanese form of weeb it's just a nerd who's super into anime and anime culture yeah manga and stuff like that yeah the otaku word first put up in the culture
0: around it we also got the fan comic or magazines which start up Funny enough, one of them was called New Type, which is the uh, special race within the Gundam universe, the people that are involved because they're in space. Yeah, the other uh, one is Anti-Mage. That's correct. Yeah. Um, Uh, But the big change for the 80s, what ended up happening was, we kind of had the introduction to the mecha genre. Yeah. But because of a little something that happened in 1977, also known as Star Wars, almost all media decided, you know what we need? Space operas. (laughs)
1: Yeah. This is when space operas, like, really just fucking became a thing uh yeah we got
0: things like we got Macross, robotech zeta gundam <laughs> just like everyone was making something that was like picking space they also even though it was within the span of about 10 years they re-released yamoto and the original gundam and made movies for it too Yep, yeah, of course so uh, everyone was trying to cash in on that star wars mm-hmm. craze uh we also get the introduction of studios like gynax Yep. Yeah. and the first workings of studio ghibli of
1: course Uh, yeah, so this is the decade where we start to see, uh, Castle in the Sky, uh, this is also the, uh, the decade when some of the more well-known, like, I'm not gonna use the word well-known, but a lot of the, uh, gateway anime is what I'm gonna call it, starts to come up. Even the
2: ones where people who don't really typically associate themselves with anime watch, like uh,
0: Dragon Ball. Yeah, the original run of Dragon Ball. Not Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball started. And really, this is what's kind of credited with starting the martial arts phase yeah. of anime. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we also got Valley of the Wind, which was, I believe, is one of the first anime movies to win an award. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the concept of OVAs started happening because mass media was able to buy VHS tapes and compact discs to start actually taking these things home and not just watching them on uh, the TV.
1: Which also led to hentai. This is when hentai started becoming a thing <laughs> uh, because OVAs were a thing now. Not going to talk anymore about it, just that's <laughs> a, a result of OVAs. That's a
2: topic for uh, Never Day. <laughs> yeah, we're never talking about
1: that. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm
0: throw out a bunch of these notes here then. Uh, so yeah. well, that's 30 minutes gone. <laughs> wolf Amp! Wolf am. <laughs> uh, uh, Another big thing that I, I want to mention too is a very notorious anime movie also came out at this time. Which kind of kind of set the genre for not the genre, but like a lot of staples that we use for cyberpunk stuff start happening around this time, and that was Akira. Yep, Akira right. also got released in the '80s and kind of set the ground for a lot of stuff you expect in anything that has to do with the cyberpunk yep. genre. Uh, on top of this, uh, another pretty famous household name uh, animator or story creator, Remiko Takahashi, uh, released her first series, Usuri uh, Yatsura. Yep. And this person will later on go on to release things like y- Inuyasha, which is one of the big animes of the 90s.
2: Well, uh, speaking of the 90s, we also got... Well,
0: uh, oh, we're not the 90s yet, Matt. There's a shitload huh. of stuff that happens in the 80s. Okay, the 80s is enough. a very densely... There's a reason the 80s is the anime. Boom. It's why we call it the golden age of anime. Because we also got the introduction of hardcore sports animes. Oh, fuck. This is what I've been waiting
1: for. So yeah, it starts off with Captain Tsubasa, a soccer anime. Prince of Tennis. Yeah. About tennis. Yeah. Slam dunk, a basketball anime. And actually, personally, my favorite out of this, iShield 21. iShield 21 is fucking phenomenal. Uh, For those of you who don't know, it's an American football anime. Uh, about a character who's real good at running fast and nothing else, so it an eye shield to hide his identity so he can play football. Uh,
0: and the, the way they go about it, because it's a high school sports football team that they keep losing, but their mastermind leader, who is referred to as the devil on more than one occasion, decides, you know
1: how we're going to build the best football team? We're going to get people that don't play football. Yeah, we're going to kidnap people from other clubs and force them to be on the football team. Legitimately a thing that happens. <laughs> Quarterback? Uh, there could be a baseball player, a pitcher specifically. Yeah. We need someone to run fast, go to the soccer team. He's legitimate, or he legitimately was a strong defensive player, they just had no way of scoring points, so he just kidnapped a bunch of point scores from other <laughs> teams. I believe
0: the wrestling team was also the lineman. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> And they go on to uh, do an international tournament against a bunch of different countries at the end as a high school team. It's really good. I,
1: like, Yeah, it <laughs> sounds ridiculous, but iShield 21 is probably yeah, one of my favorites because animes. I think one of the
0: best things iShield 21 did specifically, and that's funny that this is the first one we stopped on to talk about <laughs> yeah. a lot, but iShield 21, all of the story is from the perspective of the characters. So normally if you're watching football, you can see, oh, of course he got tackled. I saw that guy coming from my way, but this character doesn't see it. So he'd be like... Oh, this five pages of, like, I gotta get past this guy and how he gets past him. Just for another guy to be immediately there go, shit! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the drama of that story. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sports anime. Other things also happened during this time. Yeah,
0: we also got, like, a lot of, like, uh, award-winning movies. So, uh, A Tale of Genji came out. Uh, yeah. One that I most people wrote of, Grave of the
1: Fireflies. Yep.
0: Uh, also, Kiki's Delivery Service.
1: Oh, that was probably one of the... Best or not best, but one of the like more popular early Ghibli films. Uh, I feel like that one was one of the like top grossing films of the fucking time. I yes. believe it was. In fact, I think that might have been the first
0: animated film I ever saw because uh, I was watching at, at, back in the day of VHS tapes. They had commercials at the beginning. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was a Power Rangers one I was watching. Uh, so you know Saban and all this shit and. On it, it was uh, ads for Rama One Half and Kiki's Delivery
1: Service. Fair. Yeah, that. To be fair, that movie was also quite good, and that for me is one of the ones that actually got me into like Studio Ghibli was fucking Kiki's Delivery Service because in a very similar fashion, I would watch VHSs, and VHSs would have ads for other VHSs at the beginning of the VHS, <laughs> <And> including <laughs> possibly the VHS you
0: were watching. As for was the case on one of the Pokemon VHSs I had. That was like, hey, what about this episode? Like, this is the episode I'm watching.
1: Yeah, it was a distinct possibility because what would happen is the studio would be like, all right, these are the ads are movies we want to fucking sell real hard during this time period. And they wouldn't pay too close attention to the fact that they're also putting these ads in front of one of the movies they're trying to sell.
0: And that's kind of a summary of the 80s boom of anime. This is where anime started becoming like known in the Western world. And it was not easy to access. But it was accessible.
1: Yeah. Uh, so then, now we get into the fucking 90s, man. Now, if
0: I believe correctly, this is probably where most of us got into anime. It was the
1: uh, 90s or the early 2000s stuff. Yeah. Uh, for you too, sure. I was a little bit of a late bloomer in the anime world. That was a weird way to phrase it, but I'm sticking with it. <laughs> uh, it was the hentai, wasn't it? <laughs>
0: We're not talking about I'm bringing back <laughs> the pages.
1: I didn't get into anime until like twenty, probably thirteen is when I got into anime. I really took my fucking time getting there, but once I got there, I dove fully headfirst in. Fair enough. Well, I guess to start off, uh,
0: the '90s kind of started off with a bang with specifically one of my personal favorites,
1: Neon Genesis
0: Evangelion. Yeah, which. The reason I want to specifically bring up this is because it started its own wave of anime after it came out, which is referred to as post-AVA Organic Mech.
2: Yeah, I've seen a couple of those Organic Mech different animes, and, uh... Yeah, Neon
0: Genesis introduced and popularized the idea
1: of Organic Mechs, and they've stayed strong, I guess. Sure. Uh, 1980s were also the release of Cowboy Bebop, another... 90s. (laughs) Uh, uh, 90s is what I meant to say. Uh, release of Cowboy Bebop, another hugely popular anime. Yep, and that, Ghost in the Shell as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, that movie that stars, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Exactly. Oh, there's now three live-action movies that we're not allowed to reference when talking <laughs> about anime.
0: <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. Uh, well, we did mention the third one, so I'm gonna say it right now. Death Note.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's four! <laughs> oh, what's the fourth one? Avatar: <laughs> The Last Airbender. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, that's not anime. And no, it's a live action adaptation. Oh, I guess, yeah, yeah.
2: It's a live action adaptation, adaptation of a quote-unquote
1: a, a, not anime anime. Not, not anime anime. Okay, yeah. Oh, <laughs> The world's a bad place. <laughs> Anyways.
0: Yeah, uh, so uh, some other ones that also came at this time, in reference to movies specifically, we have Princess Mononoke and Perfect Blue. Yep. And uh, a fun thing to mention as well, uh, Neon Genesis, Ghost of the Shell, and Cowboy Bebop. We're all credited as giving influence to the movie The Matrix.
1: Yep. Uh, which is fun because we were talking about The Matrix for completely unrelated reasons before this. But yeah, absolutely heavily inspired by a whole bunch of different anime. Uh, which is pretty great. Yeah, and that's another reason we're starting to see like such a big
0: boom to uh, the culture as well. It's not just internally within Japan it's influencing itself. But We're starting to see it influence things that are outside of Japan as well. Where a lot of movies and things are starting to take from it. In fact, we're in the 90s, where The Lion King gets made, which is pretty much almost 100% yeah. Kimba the White Lion. And yeah. when critics first saw The Lion
1: King, Disney came under heavy fire for apparent plagiarism.
2: <laughs> which,
1: apparent. Uh, apparent. To be fair, every single movie that Disney released is them taking a story and just being like, I'm going to make a movie of this instead of writing my True. own shit. Disney very strongly
0: denied any oh, yeah. connection whatsoever. And then, of course, uh, the 90s also brought us the four mainstream things that pretty much everyone has seen: Dragon Ball Z, yep. Pokemon, Digimon, and Sailor Moon. Yep. Still have to watch Sailor Moon though. It's crazy. I keep hearing that the first season ends with them all dying. Yeah, I heard about that. That makes me even <laughs> more interested in watching it. Now, the issue with Sailor Moon because if we're going to get into that, Sailor Moon was so heavily edited that the English, like the original English release, was horrible. Oh yeah. It and lost, very, like, it lost a lot of its meaning. Yeah. So, uh, definitely watching, like, the remaster releases. I think Sailor Moon Crystal does a really good job of it. I think it's called Crystal. I can't remember. Yes.
1: To be fair, that's a reoccurring trend with anime is a lot of the time. The localization to different regions really just kind of fucked up oh, several hell yeah. of them. In
0: the 80s, they didn't really care. Just the dialogue changed. Actually, for the 80s, getting into that one, uh, Robotech. Yeah. Because I watched the English version of Robotech. And found out that it was
1: actually three animes shoved together to make a whole new series. They didn't care so much about telling the story that was told in the original anime. They just took the animation and just fucking threw whatever dialogue they wanted on you top of You know what
0: Saban does with Power
1: Rangers? That's what they were doing with
0: anime in the 80s, pretty much.
1: They were like, yeah, that looks cool. Let's just put our own dialogue over it and make a whole the story. Yeah. Uh, also, what happened with fucking Ghost Stories? Ghost Stories oh. <laughs> Ghost Stories is real, bad for that oh, one. Yeah. So Ghost Stories essentially,
0: what it, was it? They just
1: wanted to get rid of it, was the yeah, thing. It, yeah, it, it, did it did so poorly in Japan that so they just fucking essentially gave it away to an American yeah, studio. They're like, okay, you in
2: America, this did absolutely poorly over here. You can have it. Do whatever you want with it. And they did whatever they wanted.
1: The The beautiful thing is, they were probably 20 years too early for that. Yeah. They didn't even, like, hire translators or anything. They 100% were just like, fuck it, I can guess what's going on. That's a talking cat right there. Let's talk, let's decide what the talking cat says right now. But yeah, the 90s is where it got a little bit better.
0: But we had something called localization, which didn't. I think the notorious one that everyone remembers is... People talking about food that wasn't the food that you thought it was? Yep. And yep. ruining your perception
1: of food for generations to come? <laughs> fucking jelly donuts in Pokemon is always the most egregious one of it. Because they would have fucking rice balls, but refer to them as jelly donuts. Because rice ball is not a thing that we can relate to in North America, apparently. Or, or sushi rolls being called hot dogs. Yep.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I- I'm not kidding. I thought that, that like the rice ball was actually called a donut for a long time. I thought, oh, it's just the other word... For like Japan, they, like we have our donuts here, and Japan calls that a donut, so I guess that's how it works.
1: Yeah. Uh, another highly successful one from the nineties. It feels weird calling it the nineties because it was nineteen ninety nine, and it has existed so much more outside of the nineties. Uh, but technically, a nineteen ninety release is One Piece. Yeah. Uh, another highly successful one from that time period. Still
2: ongoing.
1: Still absolutely ongoing and
2: exhausting. Well, one good thing about One Piece is that. In relation to its story, it is past the halfway point. Whether content-wise they're past the halfway point... God only we, knows, because... it remains to be seen. Now,
0: the one thing we do have to address where we have been talking about this poor localization stuff, 4Kids is probably the most egregious dealer of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. God. Because
1: well, okay. <laughs> 4Kids didn't large, just go so far to change the dialogue. It was largely they went because also,
2: of their censoring.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. they would censor actual images in the... Uh, animation itself, like, like characters who smoked, they would change the cigarette into a lollipop that they yeah, were now. Because
0: I up. always like Sanji. Why the fuck you got that lollipop backwards?
1: Yeah, because yeah. he would hold it with the lollipop sticking out of his mouth. Because <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, when the comics, the whole concept of the cigarette was he was going to be the world's best chef and he didn't care about taste, so he just smoked to ruin his t- the concept of taste. Yeah, I, w- I don't know what they. Uh, I don't think I, w- I, I. I think I watched the first season. It, like partially of uh, One Piece. So I never got to the point where he explained why he had the backwards lollipop. Yeah, Did they just I, cut that? I have
2: no idea. I never watched that version.
1: I So I watched that version for like the first season and then swapped off of the Four Kids version. The one thing I'll give it, it had a great opening. Four Kids knew how to do an opening. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: The All I know about that is four kids immediately jumped on seeing, oh, this is a very popular show. It's going to be amazing over here. They didn't even do any research into what kind of rating that the show was going to have. So as soon as they saw all of the stuff that they're like, oh, uh, this is not appropriate for the audience that we want to show this.
0: Well, let's not forget because this is what's coming up in the 2000s where it gets even worse but just censorship involving guns with four kids was some of the yep. hilarious shit. Oh my god, Yu-Gi-Oh? So Yu-Gi-Oh and One Piece also had it because all their guns were hammers. Yeah. Oh, right. It was like, they pull the trigger and the hammer goes down. I was like, don't do it, I'm gonna bonk them! Uh, oh yeah, and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh were, you know, all the guards there pointing guns at kaiba There's that amazing scene where he's like, I'm gonna pull the trigger and he throws the fucking card back and it stops in the hammer of the gun. That wasn't there anymore. Although, thanks to four kids, we did get...
2: The amazing thing out of Yu-Gi-Oh! being the Shadow Realm. Yeah,
0: you don't die, you get sent to the Shadow Shadow Realm. In the original version, there was just death. There was no such thing as the Shadow Realm. Yeah, they just kill you.
1: Yeah. Much better idea of the Shadow Realm. Um, Really, it's the only good thing that came out of the Four Kids era.
2: These buzz saws
0: cut off your ankles? You're going to the Shadow Realm. (laughs) Uh, No, they were soul
1: saws! (laughs) (laughs) They (laughs) cut your soul! To jump back a little bit to talk about One Piece and how it may eventually end at some point, the manga's still ongoing and is predicted to end in 2025. So we've got, like, another decade of anime ahead of us.
0: At this point, I think Edo... Is, so Edo's the creator of One Piece. I think he's just trying to match up to Conan. Yeah, Protect that's... Detective Conan, mm-hmm. that thing's still going, too. Yeah. Uh, so we've got to beat around the bush, but let's hop into the 20s. Yeah. Uh, the 2000s, I should say. So in the 2000s, uh, something that ends up coming back in full-fledged, and that's mecha animes. So uh, this really gets really popularized with the release of Gundam Seed, but we get Getter Robo, Arecia Seven, Fully Cooley, uh, Razfon. I don't know if I've seen that one before.
1: Nope. I well, I don't want to answer for you, but I have not seen that one. <laughs> uh,
0: Garan Logan. Uh, we got all of these ones coming up in release, and they all did really well, and they had the focus on either regular robots or post Ava organic mechs. That's how we're saying it specifically from this point on. Or Pium.
1: I prefer Pium. <laughs>
0: Uh, but it wasn't just this that happened. Uh, the early 2000s uh, kind of brought in a whole new different concepts. So up to this point, anime kind of had a singular focus. Yeah, there were some darker themes, but they were all kind of like, rating-wise, somewhat middle of the pack for mm-hmm. the stuff you are seeing on TV. But then we started getting the idea of late-night anime. Not the hentai, so calm down, Peter. We're still not talking about that. I refuse. <laughs> but it was like the ones that dealt with more darker concepts. Yeah. So this would be stuff like Serial Experiment Lane, which... This is just to anyone who's listening to this. I watched Serial Experiment Lane. I still don't know what's going on. If you know what's going on, please let me know. Yeah. it's It's been almost 20 years, and I still don't know what's going on. Uh, Gantz is another one that came out. Ergo Proxy. Witch Hunter Robin, which is really good. Yeah. And uh, Paranoia Agent, which that's another one that's like, what the fuck's going on? But I figured that one out, so don't worry. Uh, And then we also had a lot of popular ones that were already ongoing comic series get released. This would be Yu-Gi-Oh, Inuyasha, Naruto, Full Metal Alchemist, Bleach, Death Note, Rosen Maiden, k Fairy Tail. Mostly anyone who's been in anime in the last 10 years has heard of these ones. These are the big ones. These are the big. Uh, And this is kind of where most people that I know end up getting anime. I got in in the early 90s. I don't really care Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon as me getting into it. But that's what kind of spinned me off into the Gundam era of things. So that would be Zeta Gundam, Gundam Wing, the original Gundam. That's what I kind of started on. What
2: I started on Pokemon and Digimon. And that's what kept me focused on that kind of style. Stylizing of show.
0: I was watching TV late night and saw Gundam Wing and my life changed forever.
2: Yeah, I saw, I saw one episode, or one part of one episode of Gundam Wing where some dude jumped off a building and my parents were like,
0: that's too violent for you, you're not watching Oh, that. everyone in Gundam Wing was suicidal. Oh, yeah. And for some reason lived through it all. There's still one, me- there's a moment. So I'm kind of going to go off a little track here and go on a little Gundam rant. People talk all the time about Kira Yamato in Gundam Seed being Kira Jesus Yamato because he survives a lot of bullshit. Nothing on hero from fucking Gundam Wing. He sta- there's a scene where they get captured essentially. And he's there on the wing zero, and then the guy who's in charge of things says, I surrender, but I will not surrender the Gundams. Do you re- repeat, like for no telling Hero, okay, you know what's going on, I don't surrender the gun. He's like, okay, pulls out the detonator while he's standing on it, in the open cockpit pushes it, the whole suit just fucking blows up. He's fine, no scratches, no marks,
1: he just wakes up on the ground. Since we're talking about how each of us got into anime, I will say that. I think my earliest, like, watching of anything you can call anime is going to EB Games to buy the new Pokemon games and having the Pokemon anime playing on the TVs uh, that they had set up there for, like, demoing games. Uh, The thing is, I grew up in a house with four older brothers, so you know my ass never once had control of a remote for watching (laughs) TV. Uh, So, yeah, it wasn't until, as I said, like, when I was in university that I started actually watching anime. And my introduction was fucking One Piece, which was a terrible choice. Because it's a great show, but there was no way I was getting fucking caught up on that. Uh, but yeah, that that was my introduction to anime, I'll say. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, 20,000s. Yeah, we're still in 2000s, so there was all of like you know the major popular manga were getting
0: turned into it. We had the late night anime concept, and the rebirth of robot mecha anime. And then there was another interesting thing that came in here. So up to this point I was saying, it was mainly... Original ideas or comics that were getting turned into it. And this is where we start seeing the rise of the late light novel and visual novel animes. Yep. So some of the big mm-hmm. ones that came out this time. Two Heart, Shuffle, Canon, Higurashi, which is amazing. Yep. Clanid and my personal favorite, Fates Day Night. Yes. The anime wasn't that good. <laughs> because the fate route isn't that good. But the it, it, least, least bit surprised that Fate Say <laughs> <State laughs> Night is your favorite thing. It was it's good. not my favorite anime, but it's it, my favorite from this list. I, yeah. I should say
2: Fate Stay Night is good, but nowhere near the level of the other iterations of that
0: series. Well, that, that's kind of the problem that a lot of these visual novel animes had. Mm-hmm. The story was already done for them, yeah. so they didn't really care too much, I guess. So they just wanted to put it as quickly as they could to cash in on the popularity of these games. So the quality of the animation wasn't as good. Now, to be fair... People have realized the errors of their ways and gone back, and a lot of these have been remade yeah. and have done good quality to it. Uh, Fate Stay Night is the, probably the best example of it, where they went back, they did the Unlimited Blade Works movie, yeah, did the animated series, Fate Zero, like, it's just expanded. Also,
2: uh, Fate Stay Night was done by a different studio, yeah, and then Fate Series went over to Ufotable, Yeah, the studio that has unlimited budget for their animation.
0: Yeah. So it definitely benefited from that, but all, almost all of these, I believe, have been remade in some capacity, but this is definitely starting up the trend of we're seeing visual novels and light novels being adapted. Yeah. We're also going to see things like Kuri Suzumiya end up getting pulled over, and if you've ever seen an anime with a really strange long name that's just describing everything, it's probably a light novel that got turned into an anime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it, uh, was it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Uh, there, what was that one we talked about before about the guy that was super smart? Super smart. Yeah, like he was, no, very cautious.
1: Oh! Overly the cautious,
0: cautious hero?
2: cautious hero. The hero is overpowered, but overly cautious. Yeah. yeah. Light novel.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In- instant indicator if you see super long title just oh, describing yeah. something. Yeah. Light novel.
2: That time, like, even recently, jumping out of the 2000s. The more recent, that time I got reincarnated as a slime in another world.
1: Yep. Oh, uh, or, That's... reincarnated as a slime, I now live in a dungeon, or uh, the full-on fucking title. Yeah. I, actually, I got an ad for one the other day I took a photo of because I was laughing at it for
0: a bit. Uh, let's see. Suppose a kid from the last dungeon, Boonies, moves to a starter yes. town. Yes. <laughs> like suppose like it's like they're trying to like this might not be what the story is about but just think about it for a moment and then you read the synopsis and you're like oh yeah it's that's it's exactly what's happening it. like what's even the point of the synopsis anymore at this point <laughs> they just gave the entire description in the title and then uh, on top of this we start getting the trend of anime this is really where the mass production western anime starts happening Com- uh, companies like tokyo pop out just massively just pumping out as much as they yeah. can because they realize mm-hmm. We don't need the best stuff, we get all of it, and everyone's gonna just rush for it. Uh, and we start seeing self-referential otaku humor within it. A big one from this time is Welcome to the NHK, which yes. is literally a an otaku that goes crazy in his room and thinks the TV's talking to him. Of course. Uh, we also see companies like Toonami kind of pop up and start doing a lot of stuff at this time as well. Uh, and this is also what people refer to as the start of the moe trend of anime. Some people will refer to this as a negative. <laughs> it's not. No, it's... It's absolutely it, a positive. It did really take over a lot of the mainstream anime, though, which is unfortunate, because we don't get a lot of variation in concepts anymore. Yeah. Because you can't look at Gundam and say, yeah, Gundam, Moe, good. There's yeah. just some things you should be putting
1: Moe in. Ah, that's debatable. is Moe, <laughs> great in all of You can parts. have your SD Gundams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we got a lot of big budget movies that were coming out this time, too. Some of the big ones I just wanted to mention were Paprika. Yep. Summer Wars, which is amazing. I spirited Away. And The Girl Who Left Her Time. Absolutely. As well as the Pokemon movies. Don't forget the Pokemon That's movies. That's true. Pokemon Movie 1. Pokemon Movie 2. Thousand. <laughs> the Pokemon... What was 3 called? Entei's Revenge?
2: No, Revenge of the Unknown. Revenge of the Unknown.
0: And then
1: Pokemon Forever. <laughs> Why didn't they do 3? I just... I want to talk for a second about the first Pokemon movie, because it literally opens with Mewtwo murdering a bunch of fucking scientists. Yeah. actually, not just any scientist. I believe that's Mr. Fuji. Yeah, that seems entirely likely. Uh, but yeah, he murders a bunch of people, and then we get to the end of the movie, and he's real fucking pissed at Ash. He's like, you know what? No, murder's too good for you. I'm turning you to stone for the rest of time. I don't know if that was no. him specifically turning him to no. stone. Ash
2: more... more... Ash jumped in between Mewtwo and
0: Mew fighting and got caught in the crossfire. Regardless. Real talk, though, that was the first time you of you cried in a movie theater, right? Oh, 110%. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Might might
0: have been during the Rugrats movie, but I'm not entirely
1: sure. That was
2: the first animated movie I had ever seen in a movie theater. Yeah, that's
1: 100% true for me. It was the first animated movie I had seen in a movie theater. I was taken by my stepfather to see the Pokemon movie. I I would have to check, but it's that or uh, the Digimon movie. Ooh. Because those would have been close together. As we learned while talking about Digimon Tribe roughly a year ago, I had zero exposure yeah. to Digimon, so that was not a for I feel sorry for you. I'm okay with it. Yeah.
2: I mean, bo- both were good. Just, uh, Pokemon had a very formulaic...
1: As I said, I didn't even really watch Layout the Pokemon the show. I played the Pokemon games and watched the Pokemon movies. Fair enough. That was my exposure to Pokemon. X, I did see Okay,
0: so Pokemon the movie came out in 1999, whereas Digimon the movie came out in 2000, okay. so about five months later. Okay, so, yeah, so Pokemon I, the movie one was the first anime I've seen. And movie. I did
2: see both of those. Yeah. So it was Pokemon and then the Digimon movie. But those, for the longest time, were the only two anime movies I had ever seen in theaters.
0: That's true. In theaters, anime movies didn't get released a lot. I think the big most recent one was when they decided, you know, Dragon Ball? Well, we're doing Dragon Ball Battle of the Gods! And then Dragon Ball Super started. Yep. Although, I guess, at the same time, the Digimon movie was actually three movies put together.
2: Yeah, and uh, a lot of the order of the Digimon movie that we got over here is actually mixed up as to how it was originally released in Japan.
0: Yeah. So, now we get into the more modern era of anime. 2010. Well, so, d- mm-hmm. so, this is where we get the full mass production due to the, th- uh, the big things of online media and people doing things known as fan dubs and fan subs, pretty much even the things that weren't released outside of Japan were released outside of Japan for everyone to view. Yes. We got a lot of those, you know, manga reader websites, uh, the streaming services like Crunchyroll, Adult Swim became very popularized, and we kind of got into what is currently the modern stuff. So we got things like Demon Slayer, One Punch Man, Kamiga Kill, Sword Art Online. A lot of people say JoJo because this is where JoJo got really popular over here. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. But we also kind of moved away from the centralized anime is only coming from Japan. Because we've had a lot of things now where stories are starting to be adapted that are not just there. This would be things like Webtoon, for example. Webtoon has recently done a lot of anime
1: releases through Adventure Roll. And they're all Korean-based. Yep. I feel like... I feel like looking back on this in the past, it's hard to say it right now. But I feel like once we get to like... 2040 i think a lot of people will look back on this time period as being essentially the second golden age of anime where it's a lot more of anime for the people at this point Mm -hmm. where it's become such a widely accepted thing and with these streaming services online it's so much more easily accessible to all the different people that i feel like this is the part where anime is going to get another much bigger boom
2: it's a bigger boom of bigger variety larger amount of sources with the added uh, black sheep of uh, popularity the isekai
1: yeah and it's one of those things where like we've been talking about the different decades and how it was a lot of single like there were outliers but it was largely based around single kind of genres and for a lot of times like in the 90s a lot of the anime that you got was just battle anime and a battle lot of,
2: anime action adventure yeah
1: thank you dragon ball <laughs> yeah in the 80s, a lot of the anime you got was the space adventure. So, I feel like looking back on this time, anime is no longer the idea. Like, if you said you watched anime in the 90s, you watched fucking Dragon Ball and shows like Dragon Ball. If you say you watch anime these days, fuck if I know what you're watching. You're watching fucking anything. Yeah, anime has definitely moved far from, it's a general idea of
0: like, oh, anime is this, it's a genre in itself, to anime is just the medium in which the genre is done now.
1: Yeah. 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 Should we start talking about specific genres within anime, or I, is there I, more history we would I, want to cover?
0: No, that's I the think, full historical rundown up to the modern day, yeah. where we're kind of switching more to the webtoons dominant version of anime.
1: Where we get fantastic shows like Tower of God. Watch yeah. that right now. And definitely, I would say, to me, I kind of fell
0: off anime a bit uh, mid-2000s into mid-2010s. like 2010s. Because it did get to that point where it felt like it was oversaturated of pretty much more of the same thing. Yeah. Almost every second anime coming out was a slice of life about a bunch of schoolgirls starting a band or a club or something. I was like, I think I'm done with this for a bit. Yeah. But that's all But like more recently I found like it's definitely been more less focused on like what's doing well and popular, and more so we're getting a lot of people varying that concept and creating new things and new ideas. Tower God's probably the most recent example of like Tower God shifts up so much about, like, what you expect from an anime. Oh, yeah.
1: The thing I love about so much anime these days is, like, most of it feels like it's just whoever wrote it, whether it was the original manga or if it's a uh, straight writing of an anime, which I don't think is as common, it feels less like people are trying to write a specific, like, genre to fit with what's popular and more so, like, someone's just really passionate about something and they're going to write that story and that's what we're getting. Like, fucking Food Wars. That was, (laughs) did not feel like someone who was just trying to capitalize on something, and it felt like someone who just really fucking wanted to talk about food, and this is how they get the widest audience to listen to them talk about food. It really changes the
0: concept if you just consider it's just the, uh, author, like, his very strong opinions on food and no one listened to him, so he just put it into an anime form so (laughs) no one would listen.
1: So yeah. But... Matt, you brought up the first genre that we're going to fucking talk about, I guess, which is isekai. Isakai. The black sheep, as you
2: referred to yeah. it. It popped up several times in the past, just kind of sporadically, but then...
0: Uh, yeah, the first anime isekai is uh, credited back to the 80s, but it definitely got like an insane popularity. Once Sword, Sword Art, Art Online yeah.
2: spiked, or Sword Art Online came out, and then just the genre of being transported into another...
1: Also, yeah, we should explain what an isekai is for those people who don't know. Also,
0: just before we get to, just to speak of Sword Online, man, have I never seen something that got so popular just crash and burn so hard as a fan base? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, isekai is.
2: The genre where the main protagonist or someone is typically transported to another world. Yeah, it usually it, some sort of high fantasy world.
1: Yeah, it literally translates to different world or other world yeah. or something to that effect.
2: Sword Art Online specifically is about a bunch of players getting trapped in a virtual reality visual or video game, and if they die in the game, they die in real life and they can't log out of the game. Sounds like Hack sign.
1: It does, kind of. Boy, God, is Axon. Except nice. it
2: applies to everyone except one person.
1: Die in the game, you die for real! I, I mean. Okay, so the. Pro-
0: <laughs> Why do all my sentence start with the problem with. So the problem with Hack Sign was. The story in the anime went up to a certain point, stopped, and then you're expected to go play the four PS4 games back to oh. back, and then watch the last episode. Oh,
2: that's Because great. it goes
0: episode 25, and then episode 26 is them celebrating defeating the last person, and there's like 17 more characters that you have no fucking idea who they are. it's like, oh, I had to play the game to learn about these other characters and do everything that happens. And in that point, stuff does happen where people can die in the game.
2: Okay. But, uh, yeah, Sword Art Online, really popular. Also really hated. Because the premise of the story was good. It had a good overall theme to it. But the execution of it, just the characters, the character growth, was severely lacking. There was next to no character development whatsoever. It just jumped from point A to point B. Almost haphazardly. And uh, the recent release of Sword Art Online, elysia or whatever it's called, that version, or that newer addition to the series, is a lot more popular.
0: And sometimes they do correct on that and go back and fix things up. As I mentioned Mm -hmm. again, with Fates Tonight, they did that. They corrected the story and kind of fixed up a lot of things that people have problems with. And that's always a good thing. Uh, Some other good isekais, though, I say good, uh, more popular ones that also came out around that same time would have been Konosuba. Uh, and no game, no life. Yes. yes,
2: still waiting on the season two for no game, no life.
1: <laughs> See, the reason we've referred to it as a black sheep genre and have a hard time referring to a single one of them as explicitly good is just the genre as a whole is incredibly tropey. In that you have like certain things that tend to happen with every single one that exists. In that the main character who you're following enters this new world and immediately becomes the most powerful being in this world. Oh, yeah. They're the stupidest concept ever. Yeah. Either it's there's some video game logic, and you level up skills, and they just lock into the most powerful skills. Yeah. Or, oh, this character died
2: a little early in his life because of some accident God made. So God's like, okay, you can uh, be resurrected in this
1: new world with your cell phone, and your cell phone is fully functional. So you're really powerful. Yeah. Other times it's often just, this character solves every single problem with friendship in that every enemy they come up against, they fight for 30 seconds, and then the enemy's like, you're actually a pretty cool guy. I'm gonna now fight for you for the rest of time. Now, mind you, the benefit of when
0: something becomes this trope though, is we also get the people making fun of it oh, retroactively. Yeah. Like the one, uh,
1: I was resurrected as a spider or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I... So I started watching that one. I wasn't sure what to think of it at first. I think it's fucking hilarious at this point. Like, the character in that game... In that story is aware of isekai tropes to the point where when she first runs the world she's given the option to choose a power to unlock and says oh i've watched enough isekais to know that the actual best power is analyzed because if i analyze i know what i'm dealing with and find out secret hidden properties and it just does not work out for her she analyzes a rock to determine it's a rock it's very fucking amusing yeah. um
2: but the whole isekai genre is now just oversaturated with just the same thing over and over again. The same story copy and pasted with yeah. different characters, a little <laughs> bit different. Nobody from setting. our world
0: goes over and then something they could do before makes them super powerful no. or they get some sort of boom. And which... there's
2: at least five isekai now that take place in the near identical looking city. It's a circular city with a wall and a stream going through it.
1: I think the thing we have to realize is isekais became overdone the moment we had the reincarnated as a vending machine isekai. The moment that happened, isekais were at their peak, yeah. and everything from that moment was down. There's I mean, no more. There's no more from here. I mean, there's a few
2: good isekais out of the bunch, though. Being uh, Konosuba, like we mentioned, likes to poke fun at the whole thing. It's an amazing comedy. The uh, hero's Overpowered but Overly Cautious, we mentioned is amazing because it just makes fun of the whole trope and it goes with it. Yep. And the rules it set for itself just ground it completely. So nothing is too absurd aside from the main character's power. Yeah,
0: it's really kind of playing that spot between your main character being the most overpowered, can't do any wrong, versus your character actually having some problems you have to overcome, and their ability gives them that edge that they
2: need. And then my favorite of the isekai genre is Log Horizon. Which just recently started having its third season airing because of a huge hiatus due to the author getting uh, charged for tax evasion,
0: but as you do, yeah. But um,
2: no, uh, oh, it's a bunch of players get transported into a video game world, as you, as you do with a lot of these guys. Except this one focuses more on. Like, the world itself, the world building, and has a huge emphasis not on the fighting, not on the overpowered characters. The only character that's overpowered is the main character, and it's just because he's really smart. He can do next to nothing in combat.
0: Now, the interesting thing about Isekai that I found is, and it's not really talked about it much, but Isekai is just kind of the evolution of harem storylines. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, really not All a it lot is of, So, like, Love Hina, Nagima, uh, Well it's school it's, days. It's... What I was talking about earlier where every enemy they come up against is immediately like, no, I'm fighting for you, Mm -hmm. I'm your new best friend. It's to the point where, like, every female they come in contact with is like, oh, I'm in love with you now, now that I've gotten to know you for 30 seconds. Log Horizon
2: is one of the only isekai that deviates away from all those tropes. Like, in the first episode, you meet the main character, you meet the main character's best friend, and then you meet another character, a male ninja who uh, they had partnered up with in the past. But you find out the male ninja is actually a female player. They just made a male character for uh, role-playing reasons. And just so, like real life. Yeah. And so they asked for a gender-changing potion because it was very awkward for them being a female in a male body.
1: Uh, another iseka, uh, Pseudo isekai I want to talk about uh, that's a relatively recent development is Bofuri. The character who joins a online game and immediately puts every single one of their points into defense during character creation and like through several quirks of the system ends up becoming one of the more powerful characters in the entire game but it's really fun because you get to see the game developers perspective and them constantly patching the game to debuff every one of her skills after they am like oh no fuck that's broken we, we gotta <laughs> fix that immediately which actually feels great because it's like watching someone playing a video game and they happen to find an exploit and the developers are like, oh, fuck, we got to patch this immediately instead of just, oh, no, you found that? Good. You're now the most powerful person of all time. It's uh, pretty great. So what's another genre we should discuss? Let's talk about slice of life. We, yeah. we talked about that a bit. Uh, so slice of life, as it sounds, is literally just the day to day lives of normal fucking human beings. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's some weird cosmic shit going on, but... Sometimes lumped in with school life, because school life is very relatable to a lot of people. It very often follows high school age boys and girls Mm -hmm. and their day-to-day lives of going through high school. And nothing sad happens, Uh, so Clannad's a very happy series, and don't worry about that. Yeah, that's definitely a thing with all of Slice of Life. There's never sadness that makes me cry.
0: Slice of Life is always
2: happy and fun... I mean, a well, me kind of is. Re- it's relaxing and nice to watch until the last two episodes. Then it's just depressing as all hell.
1: There's usually like a mid-season point when they like hint at the depression that's coming, and then they don't fully address it until the last couple episodes. And, and to be fair, at the same time.
0: Just because something is falling into an isekai or a slice of life category doesn't mean that it can't blend between categories. Oh, yeah, no. For example, Full Metal Panic is a mecha storyline that's also a slice of life storyline. <laughs> yeah. Especially season two, Fumofu, is just full slice of life. There's no mech battles in that season. And then
2: there's uh, one of another one of my favorites, which is a slice of life slash school life slash super powered individuals, Charlotte. Where the first half of the series is happy, comical, absolutely hilarious about just this small club of students and their goal is to try to uh, save other people who have powers because a secret government agency is kidnapping these people to it's do research on them. It's the X-Men, right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of. And then uh, something absolutely dark and depressing just suddenly happens in the middle of the series. And Phoenix Saga. It just takes a sudden turn for the worse.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, while we kind of make fun of a lot of the tropes that happen in these, Mm -hmm. it is important to note that each of these still has a lot of positive qualities. Like, Slice of Life are still some of my favorite animes, are fucking Slice of Life animes, just because I'm a broken person and incapable of feeling emotions in my day-to-day life, and Slice of Life is very good at forcing (laughs) me to feel some emotions. I, I think
2: that's very relatable to a lot of people at this time period.
1: Um... So there's just some good stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, like one of the ones I'm a big fan of right now. Uh, we recently got the end of the second season of it. It's called Fruits Basket. And it's about a girl in high school who discovers a family of people who can transform into the different animals of the Zodiac. Yeah. And then you also find out that they're Is very... It specifically in... through hugs? Uh, well, they it's it specifically being hugs. It's specifically through physical contact, usually in the form of a hug, with a member of the opposite sex. Okay. So the boys turn into the animals if they're hugged by a girl and girls turn into an animal if they're hugged by a boy. Um, there are other triggers regardless. And the first season's just kind of all about these boys living their lives. And then the second season is all about the fact that they've all been abused as children and they've got dark, disturbing pasts and that abuse isn't exactly over yet. And you just kind of have to address that and move on. You know what a good series about people
0: sneezing and transforming was? Roma one Half. Yep. No dark backgrounds on that one. Except for the fact that there's a drowned pond for every living thing in that one giant yeah. area that they all fell into. That's the only dark thing going on to Rama. <laughs> you have to acknowledge the fact that that girl died in that pond, and now Rama's wearing her skin. Yeah, that's a creepy way to put it. That's a very creepy way to put it. Creepy, but accurate. Also, Rama would have to be with Slice of Life, right? I guess Martial Arts Slice of Life. Martial I life. Call, call it Martial Arts Slice yeah. of Life.
1: I feel like that's an accurate description. Uh, so Martial Arts, that's another one. Let's start talking about that. It's Let me ex- tell you about Tournament Arcs. It's exactly what you fucking expect. It's a bunch of people fighting other people. So after Dragon Ball Z,
0: the first combat thing I got into uh, was Flame of Wreka. Yeah. So Flame of is kind of the same concept, but it's a bunch of ninjas. And we find out the main character is part of a ninja-like family line. And he always liked ninjas and fireworks, so he was like, oh, that makes sense. Because, you know... Manifest Destiny and all, I guess. And then, of
1: course, there's tournament arcs. Of course. Well, it's a fucking... Yo-Yo show. Tournament arcs! It's a martial arts anime. You have to have tournament arcs to determine who's the strongest character in your martial arts anime. The new anime god of high school. The whole thing's a tournament. It's a tournament series that then breaks into non-tournament arcs. That breaks <laughs> them back into tournament they arcs. They tournament arcs between every other arcs. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've joked about this. I don't know if
0: it's true. But is there an anime called Tournament Arc, which is just Tournament Arcs and nothing else? It's got to be a that, thing, right? That Someone so- has to so- have made it by now.
2: That sounds familiar.
0: Because if
1: not, I am going to see if I can make Tournament Arc, just a store of Tournament Arcs. I don't think there's specifically an anime entitled Tournament Arc, but there probably should be. Um, I think that's the big trope of the martial arts anime, <laughs> just Tournament Arcs. I don't know how much more we have to talk about mecha animes. We talked about them quite in depth going through this, but... It's almost like it's kind of like my main thing or not. It's kind of like mm-hmm. it's Keith's main thing. Yeah.
2: There is the, uh...
1: Code Pacific Gia- Rim?
2: Uh, oh, not what I was going to say, <laughs> but... There's Code Geass, the mecha anime that focused more on the characters and less on the mecha, for once.
0: That, well, that's not true. There's a lot of oh. mecha things. Neon well, yeah, Neo Genesis yeah. was all about the psychological well-being of these kids, and it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. The ending wasn't that the heroes defeated the bad guys, it was Shinji learned to love himself as everyone died. That was the ending of Dion Genesis. Ooh.
2: Way to spoil it for me.
0: It came out in the 80s, Matt.
1: <laughs> it finished before you were born. God damn it, Matt. Um, yeah, there's uh, a whole bunch of genres that are exactly what you'd fucking expect from just normal shows. Like yeah. adventure and action ones. That's just what you expect from the normal thing. I do want to talk some more about sports animes because <laughs> sports animes are my other favorite genre of anime. And it's important to talk about them because it's not just fucking watching people play sports in the form of anime. Because every single character in a sports anime has special, unique powers that are always explained as like, no, this is a normal person. They just can jump 12 feet in the air. And that's what makes them perfect at basketball. But, talking you can't do that? No, I can't, because I'm a normal human being, unlike you, Matthew. Huh.
2: Alright. Guess I've gotta blend in a little bit better, as they say. As it were. As you do.
1: Like you do. I, I'm done. I'm just so <laughs> bad. I don't know. Is there anything else to talk about with regards to anime? I can oh. talk about mecha more.
2: <laughs> I don't know that you need to. <laughs> well, largely, uh for the longest time, like adventure, action, anime was pretty much all I watched, until, somewhat recently, I decided to go see a movie in theaters titled Your Name. I was like, it's an anime movie, I want to go see it. It's so good. I saw the tags on it at first, I'm like, uh, romance, drama, not really my thing, but it's an anime movie, I want to see an anime movie in theaters, I haven't seen one since the Pokemon and Digimon movies. So I went. I saw
0: Battle of the Gods, Dragon Ball
1: Z.
2: And my god, it was incredible. And that just opened up a whole new door to uh, just trying out different genres of anime. Yep. Like uh, dra- drama, which led me to uh, one of my all time
1: favorite anime, Violet Evergarden. Violet Evergarden is fucking phenomenal. It is a fantastic show, which still features just enough battle to get you through the parts that hurt battle, if that's what you're all about. Um, yeah, I feel like what got me into wider forms of anime was absolutely hentai, and I was just like, (laughs) what if there's less sex and more character development? Does that exist? Oh, it does. Great. I'm going to watch that. (laughs) I think high school DxD might be up your alley then. Uh, question? Should a question just be what's your... It's a weird question to ask. <laughs> what's your favorite, Hentai? <laughs> I was going to say, what's your favorite anime, but that feels like a weird question to ask, because I don't super believe in the concept of favorite so much, but... What's your favorite anime you're currently watching? Let's go with that. No, I think favorite of all time. That's definitely what I want to go with. Favorite of all time. Yeah. Now, like,
0: uh, back to the Hentai thing, just for a moment. <laughs> oh, God, no, no. Please. No, no so there, there's a YouTube channel called Magic Arbuse Fly, and he, uh, him and his friends invented a game called Hentai or Not, where they put two stills of an anime next oh. to each other, and you have to guess if it's a hentai or not. Which one's oh. That hentai?
1: <laughs> That's... Hentai's gotten very sneaky recently. <laughs> hentai has absolutely gotten sneaky. I mean, I would know. I don't watch it. Never heard of it. <laughs> what is this hentai you talk about?
0: <laughs> That's when you give tie from Digimon a tie.
1: Yeah.
2: Or
0: a hen. Uh, a hen. Put it on his head. Yeah, yeah. on. I mean,
2: his hair is very hen-shaped. It's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite anime, guys? Let us know. We would very much like to hear. I think he asked you specifically. Okay, yeah, me, Matt. What is your favorite ooh, anime? My favorite anime
2: of all time is uh, Made in Abyss. I wonder why. Oh,
1: God.
0: <laughs> you know, I expected that.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I
0: didn't expect that. Because the only other answer could have been uh, fuck, Warframe. That's not an anime, though. I know, and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
1: <why. laughs> no, man! Although
2: it
0: could fit very well into the anime genre if it was animated. In that style. You know, you know what genre it would fit into post-Ava Organic Mech? Yes. Very much so. What's your favorite anime, Keith? So, I, I, I was actually going to say Neon Genesis Evangelion when I was thinking about it. But when I was thinking about what is my favorite anime, what am I going to bring up when we're talking about this, I realized I was watching Gundam Seed for the seventh time again. And I was like, I think it's Gundam Seed.
1: That's perfectly acceptable. Yeah.
0: Now, and... Gundam Seed's not the best Gundam anime, obviously, but it's good. And people are going to be like, oh, it sucks because of Kira, but that doesn't happen until Destiny, really, and I've I actually never watched Destiny, so, ha, huh, take that. I've watched the first two episodes of Destiny. I know what happens in Destiny, I know all the bullshit, but if you just watch Gundam Seed and ignore Destiny, it's a lot better. Yeah, all I know of
2: Gundam Seed Death Destiny is the main character is essentially Kira plus Athrun.
0: It's their love child, yes. Yeah. And Kira turns off a nuclear explosion. Not stops a nuclear explosion, turns off a nuclear explosion. Mm. Of course. As and lives while he's sitting on top of it. Of course you do. Um, but
1: not yeah. as bad as fucking Hero. My favorite anime is probably Haikyuu. It's uh volleyball high school, <laughs> high school volleyball anime, which is just so good and so powerful uh, to watch. So yeah, I'm going to say that's my favorite anime.
0: I have a question for you guys. Not so much a question, like, audience-wise, but, you know, they kind of go through the tropes of anime, like, obviously, we went through some mecha tropes and stuff. Do you think we were in, or possibly still in, a like, a school trope,
1: where, like, is getting used a lot? Yeah. I, I think so. I don't know if I would call it a trope so much as just the target audience of most anime is probably high school students, so they set it around high school, so it's more relatable for these target I'll, audiences. I'll certainly
2: say that the two... Uh... The two kind of genres that you see the most right now are isekais, we're starting to head out of the isekai
0: window now, and school students. Yeah, now we're getting god of everything,
1: because that's how the webtoons like to name everything. We're now into the gods. Um, But yes, you people at home don't have to answer that question. You do have to answer the question of what's your favorite anime. That is a question I desire an answer to. And if you're going to continue listening to this podcast, I insist that you answer that question. Also, I just want to mention, uh, I just realized I forgot to
0: mention it, but a really interesting anime that's pretty much a martial arts one, but with a twist, is Air Gear, because it's martial arts right. on rollerblades.
1: Oh. <laughs> it's true. It's martial arts slash sports. <laughs> I guess so.
0: Slash <laughs> 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 like superpowers. Even, no, I'm not
1: kidding. They actually have specific
0: events that you do with it. So there's the race one, where you just race from point A to point B, and it can be, you know, up buildings and stuff. There's one where you chase a balloon that's flying up, and you have to get up to it catch it. There's one just called The Cube. Where it's the last person standing gets out of the cube. Yeah. Uh,
1: Recommendation. That's a thing we do. Matt, what's your recommendation? I'm forcing you to go first again. All right. I'm going to recommend... You
2: know what? I was going to recommend Violet Evergarden, but I already said that that's one of my favorite ones, so you should watch that anyway. Um, I'm going to recommend Land of the Lustrous, which is... It's a CGI anime, which I'm not typically a fan of CGI in anime, but this one is done fully in it, and it's done really well. It's about uh, a group of people who are made of stone. And...
0: We already watched Jojo Matt.
2: No, not not, not not Pillar Men. These people are made of, like, gemstones.
1: Continue. Yes. you have all already watched Steven Universe, man. <laughs> yeah. And
2: uh, yeah, they all have their own tasks of uh, things to do. There's 29 of them, I think. The main character, Phosphophyllite, gets a task after years of not having anything to do because they're the relatively newest of the gems. Um, They get the task to make an encyclopedia of all things natural because they can't really do any combat-related tasks. They can't do guard work or anything because as a gem, their hardness is a lot lower than the others, so they break apart easily. And also there's beings from the moon that come and try to hunt them and kill them to use their parts as kind of jewelry or decorations.
1: Fun. So yeah,
2: it's a very interesting anime that brings you in and uh, makes you feel really bad at times.
0: Good.
1: Keith, what's your recommendation?
0: Well, since Matt went and said that, I guess, uh, in a nerd. Inadvertently decided that we can't name our favorite anime. I had to think of another one. So I guess (laughs) I'm going to have to go with Oh no, Fate Zero. Fate Zero is a good one. Okay, we already know my my thoughts on Fate. It's probably the thing besides Gundam that I know the most about lore-wise and Fate Zero is definitely the Simplest concept of the Fate storyline to get into especially where anything that's Fates Day-Night is kind of like a breakdown of three different stories separated. Fate Zero just gives you the full experience of what to expect within this world Start to finish. I probably would have recommended Tsukihime instead, but the current version of that is bad, so just wait for the remake that's coming out.
1: Absolutely. Now, here's the thing me and Keith have had many mind melds where we were going to recommend the same thing. Me and Matt just had a mind-move where I was also planning on recommending Violet Evergarden, but apparently we're not allowed to recommend Violet Evergarden. I, so, well, I wasn't going to recommend Violet Evergarden. I was going to say
2: <laughs> Gundam Seed. You too. can recommend Violet Evergarden. Now, uh, I, I just decided not to because I had already mentioned uh, it was one of my favorites.
1: Apparently we're not allowed to recommend Violet Evergarden, so instead I am going to recommend A Silent Voice. I have talked about it a little bit in the past, uh, but it is an anime film, uh, and it follows such light and easy breezy themes as uh bullying and suicide uh which is super fun but it's one of those films that makes me feel things when i'm broken on the inside and incapable of feeling things in my day-to-day life so i've watched it like four times in the past in the span of the past year because sometimes i just need to feel things that's reasonable yeah,
2: yeah. also peter and i also
0: recommend violet evergreen no we're no. not allowed to recommend violet <laughs> do i have to make another suggestion no no
1: because we're not allowed to recommend that one, Manson. So. I suggest Full Metal
0: Panic. <sighs> or Inuyasha. Inuyasha's good. It's a good bit. It's a good classic one. I recommend One Piece if you have literally infinite time on your hands. I, my, I'm changing my recommendation to not One Piece just to save you on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anime. Gotta love it. Gotta hate it. Gotta love to hate it. You see, with my favorite one being Gundam Seed, I can kind of partially put myself up the door saying I'm not a weeb. So I can I can live with that.
1: No, I'm full-on fucking weeb. I accept that about myself. Yeah, no. I'm I'm probably Otaku too, even though I'm not Japanese, I'm probably an Otaku.
2: I got called out as an Otaku by the creator of uh Your name, your name so uh I can't avoid that bullet. Wait what? Do you Yeah, um, uh, when I saw uh, Weathering With You in theaters, there was a little interview at the end with the uh, creator. And uh, two of the main characters from Your Name had cameos in the movie. And one of his comments in the interview was like, Yeah, if you notice the cameo of uh, those two characters, you're an otaku. I'm like, oh, great, thanks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we have one person who's trying to get his foot out the door of not being a weave, and two people who have accepted the fact that they're otakus. All right. Gundam's not anime.
0: Sure. We talked about it in the anime episode though. At length. He's adopted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh god.
0: If you got that reference, you're a nerd. Yeah, I just called you out that one. Take that, whoever wrote your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Well, I guess that wraps up the anime episode. Again, this was a fan-suggested episode from Thomas Yon, so. Thank you for the suggestion. Unfortunately, no one was able to directly guess the episode as of right now. Uh, but again, if you can guess it before the episode goes live, then of course, we'll give you a shout out on the update as well as the next episode. Uh, on top of that, if you want to get in touch with us and make an episode suggestion, you can reach us at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. That's spelled how words normally are, of course. And we might not get to your suggestion if you make one now, but we'll definitely try to get to it beforehand. And if
1: not, it might be next January. They don't for that. take it most a year to two years to three years to four years depending on how many suggestions we get. Of course we're also
0: available on all podcasting platforms and on YouTube and Instagram. make sure to
1: follow like subscribe, leave comments, rate us. Instagram's the best place to guess what we're gonna talk about because you get additional clues of what's on the table. Yeah. On top of that, uh,
0: for the email, of course, you can send the suggestions, answer the question, and please tell me what Serial Experiment Lane is about. I didn't forget. I need someone to explain it to me. It keeps me up sometimes. Was she a robot? Was she the internet? Is it the future? I don't know. Someone needs to tell me. It's not going to be one of us. No. Just
2: that made me more confused about the title.
0: You're still nowhere near as confused as I am. You probably have a better grasp of what's going on. (laughs) I doubt it. By not watching it, you already but you're starting ahead of me.
1: You lose track of what's going on the more of the show you
0: watch. Okay, and of course, uh, we do have another Fanuary episode coming up.
1: Yep. Uh, so, for our last episode of Fanuary, or at least the first Fanuary, uh, we're going to go back to our first fan suggestion
0: yep and Uh, it's
1: not like we've been totally keeping it off and not wanting to do it it's not like we've been explicitly avoiding talking about this top subject that greg oliver suggested so here's to you greg oliver in a fortnight we're going to show you the true meaning of friendship or the power of friendship and magic i guess friendship is magic (laughs)